Hey everyone, all you need to know for this season is that S-Force won. Mason's the best deck builder and uh, we're glad to be back. What's up everyone? Oh man, Zach, it has been <laughs> time. Dude, uh, man, S-Force, uh, the chaos variant, absolutely trumped the mess out of Zach's earth machine. Absolutely um, destroyed me. For some reason, I cannot sit on an impenetrable 4,000 defense monster and mm -hmm. I am shocked that I cannot. I am also terrible at playing Earth Machine, so there's a lot that went into that. <laughs> All I'm saying is that Mason best deck builder, uh, Pendulum best deck, um, <laughs> and it's not even the good version of S-Force now because they had some new support cards, Zach. Did you know that? Mm. They got Retroactive and one that I don't remember how to pronounce, um, but one of them, <laughs> Retroactive is like another warrior target. Uh, oh, so nice. it, but it bounces itself back to hand in order to summon from hand um, and you don't have to banish anything as a result so it dodges effects it does a lot of different things that is so much better the other one uh, when special summoned can like it does something with the banish zone I don't remember what it is but the nice. cool effect that it does is that on your turn only uh, like once per turn you know regular yeah. um, you uh you can destroy all monsters in a column with an S-Force monster. See, that's sick. That's cool. It Getting to use that arresting and finally doing something with that. And Exactly. exactly. I like that. Not, not just negating the effect, but... Uh, so yeah, man, we're... Uh, anyway, y'all, it's been a while. Been a long football season for, uh, for me and Zach. And Zach, man, a few different things have happened. Uh, talking about arrests. Zach, what happened, man? Oh man, I am locked up now, boys. Uh, no, that's right. <laughs> all your chances are, are gone. I am married now. Um, I'm super excited about that. Got married back in October. It was absolutely fantastic. It was the exact thing I wanted. Um, everything about it was great. Everything about it really was. And it's fantastic now. Getting to be married. Um, we've done all of that. And um, yeah, yeah, it's been a good time. And Mason, I'm not totally sure, but uh, did something big happen in your life during the time of our little sabbatical here? Or Oh, um, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to, think. to think of the timing for that. Because yeah, we stopped well, about at the end of summer. We did. Um, your boy's a teacher now. Uh, is that what you're thinking? Well, there's that. Um, trying to, no, I guess you got engaged back in the spring. So I did. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was so. in January, my guy. Um, but I am getting, uh, I'm going to follow suit. Uh, with Zach getting married in March. So I'm pretty excited about that. About time that we get to be Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, wife guys. Be pretty exciting. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. And we are super happy to be there, guys. There is so much that we have to talk about. We have been able to take a lot of the time. First off, we're both football coaches and we have to make money somehow. This is something we like to do for fun. It's a really good time. And whether we make money on this or not, we want, we want Yu-Gi-Oh! to be accessible for the general public because right now it's just not, and that's okay. We want to be able to translate as much as we can for all of you and make it where you don't feel so so stuck at the beginning of playing. Yeah, right? absolutely. Trying to shorten the time it takes to be at least a decent Yu-Gi-Oh player. We, we're not even trying to be the very best all the time, but we will give you the tools that we know and that we understand. And if we don't know, we will find people that do. We know a lot of people that are really pretty decent Yu-Gi-Oh players and they'd be happy to help us out in a lot of different ways. So Mason, we have something new here in 
the newest series to get us started this season. What do we got? Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So we um, we feel like um, out of the couple different things that new players struggle with, one is, uh, of course, learning the mechanics of the game. And we will not pretend that we covered every single individual game mechanic and how it works. But um, hopefully, if you guys want to know more about Yu-Gi-Oh!, you can check out some of our first episodes and you can track down uh, what does it mean about normal summoning, fusion summoning, synchro, link, exceeds all of it. Um, we try to cover that in pretty good detail there. But the other thing that a lot of new players miss out on, it seems, is understanding um, the meta, right? What does meta mean? What decks are good? What should I actually invest my money in, right? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, Yu-Gi-Oh! Is, um, it's a trading card game. You want to be able to go out and buy the cards and hopefully be able to enjoy that time with your friends um, uh, or future rivals and uh, play some Yu-Gi-Oh, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so all that said, today we are introducing the Code Break series. Zach, what's, uh, what's kind of the thought behind this series? All right, here's what we got with Code Break. What's going to happen with this is we are going to take some top meta deck, right? And some of our results may be based on OCG rulings. For example, today's episode is going to be featuring those pretty well exclusively, and here's why. We have several tournaments coming up the this weekend as of time of recording. And so we'll be getting results in, and we'll try to break that up, and we'll give you guys an update next week on what's going on there in regards to how this particular deck, per, deck pertains to us. Up until that point, we want to teach you guys how can you beat this deck and how can you do it for the expensive way, if you so choose, or how you can save a few bucks and just use one of the cards you can pull from a structure deck or something like that. Yeah, that's that. That's that. We want to give you guys tools to actually be able to play. And so hopefully this is a nice, easy, accessible point. Um, Today, we are talking about burbs. So we weren't super clear. Um, Burbs is not talking about, well, no, they're both level one. Anyway, we're talking about Fluanderies today, kids. We're talking about the journey from, I have to assume, the North Pole to the South Pole. I don't totally understand the lore of what's happening here. But evidently, we got a central bird that's traveling to all the different regions of the world. We start with the tiny bird. The tiny bird goes flap a flap a flap and flies into the different parts of the world. They start out in the north. They go and slowly make their way to the south. And it's good time had by all, especially Eagland when they get to America. That's all I'm saying. That's all we're saying, kids. Um, America, best nation, TCG. Clearly Except when it's not. Here we go. Well. Um, <laughs> so, gosh, man. Um, no, my, go go my school has to go back to masks. Uh, because Are you of the serious? New, because of the new strand, you know, the new oh fraternity gosh, that's coming dude. around. Um, so pretty, <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. I can't that's take hilarious. credit for that. that. That is my fiance's joke. Um, that's a good one. That's good. I, I, I appreciate that joke. But um, we are talking about Fluanderies. Fluanderies is a brand new 
deck, relatively speaking, came out in Burst of Destiny, I think. I believe um, so, yeah. And so that is, uh, you know, late 2021. 20, um, and we haven't had any actual tournaments with it. Um, but there is a ton, a ton, a ton of speculation as far as what exactly this deck is probably capable of. So all that being said, um, it it's had a, a pretty decent amount of representation in the OCG. Zach, you want to kind of walk us through what, I mean, how this is getting popularized? Absolutely. So with the OCG, all to throw my reference out, we'll also put in show notes, everything like that. Our reference for a lot of the information we have is a website called roadtothekeng.com, which I think is a ball in name. And kudos to this guy. As soon as I have any money, I'm going to start submitting to this guy's Patreon because I'm probably getting all my resources from him. He is fantastic. He, she, whoever they are, anything like that. They do yeah. such a great job going and summing up all the turns, tournaments. Now, to make sure we're on the same page, our tournament results are coming from Konami-sanctioned events. Mm-hmm. Right? We are not looking at the random locals that was had in the random shop. Yeah. Okay. We are pulling straight road to the king they went and found these specific stories and maybe in the ocg maybe there's a there's at least appears to be a lot more stores that are involved as Yu-Gi-Oh sanctioned stores in the tcg that's harder to find at least here in america it's just all kind of spread out all over the nation and it makes it really really tough here in the tcg we've had remote duels remote duels have been the only way that we've had to get anything really done and everything like that and so that that includes with COVID that includes with COVID like remote duels has been it now the OCG has done <laughs> totally I'm it. so sorry I, I missed what you said <laughs> no I was I was making a joke about how we've handled COVID oh no we've done a great job and because of that remote duels are still here so oh my <laughs> <laughs> now don't get me wrong remote duels are actually really cool in that it actually allows some accessibility in terms of all you need really is you need a camera watching your face, usually a laptop, computer, something like that. And you need some device that can show your game state. And a lot of people use their phones or something like that. And they can play in tournaments like that makes it incredibly accessible. So I encourage all of you, if you get a chance, go ahead. What's the worst that happens? You lose, congrats. You just started playing the game. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It's a long road to being king of the games, kids. (laughs) It's always a long road. Can I get that on a flag? It's a long road to be king of the games. I don't know why, but I need like Hulk Hogan doing this. It's got got the character from King of the Hill, right? (laughs) Bang it, Bobby. I know that's not the original word, but this is a clean podcast, kiddos. (laughs) Now, let me go back to what we were talking about with that, the OCG, they have a lot more sanctioned stores. There, There's a lot more in-person play happening currently. Yeah. That being the case, we went and we went to Road to the King. They had a great little pie graph to explain everything. And I can post that link down. I'll show you guys exactly where I got my information from. And they post weekly articles, keeping updates on the meta, who's winning, who's not, whatever like that. And it's interesting what happens. Fluanderies is roughly second place right now in terms of the general meta over there now we got to take a lot of looks on why is it cool why is it important everything like that and a lot of the reason is its stun ability 
one of the reasons is it's stun ability. What do we mean by that? It locks out of special summoning or it locks out of effects. Or there's also an in archetype uh, UCT that just flips everything upside down because it's stupid. Yeah, I mean, this deck is exceptional. Um, and the ways that it can turbo those things out are incredible. I mean, it, the, was it the pretty much every single card? to some respect, allows you to have another normal summon, right? Every single one of them. So all the level one monsters, just to give you guys some background on the deck, I guess we can hit that while we're talking about it. All sure. the level one monsters, all the <laughs> normal summons that you have in the deck or your starters in the deck, they all give you one more normal summon, all right? Now that can't be stopped. We'll talk about ways to stop that here in a second. So you normal summon, you get some kind of recursive or search or something like that. So um, let me go and talk just super, super quick about what all we have in the deck in terms of breaking it down a little bit. So you guys know kind of what you're looking for and whatever like that. We have <clears throat> Eaglin, which adds your boss monsters, adds like a level seven or higher, whatever the word, I think it's level seven or higher, uh, winged beast to your hand which adds this really neat tech that the OCG has been using here recently. Rabina, which is my personal preference if you are going to be a starter in the deck, if you would like to play this deck. It's not awfully expensive as far as I can tell. It's not cheap, but it's not terrible either. Yeah, I think, I think especially here in the TCG, it's far more because it's just not proven yet. Because, um, mm -hmm. I mean there are some really unique well not even unique just pretty general ways to stop it um, mm -hmm. but we'll get there when we get there yeah so there's rabina which is a robin right so eaglin eagle rabina robin there's stree here in a second i don't know what bird that is but it's something <laughs> there, there. Um, rabina adds other level ones there's stree which banishes from grave on summon Right, so if you have a way to summon during your opponent's turn, DD Crow, mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing, it's really, really nice. There's uh, Toka, which is based off a toucan. All right, so you pronounce that however you like. That's entirely up to you. It is your recursiveness tool. It adds from the banished pile back to your hand. Really, really good. And so as a worst case scenario, you could have 12 starters in your deck, and that's not even counting spell cards and stuff like that. So that gets us into Dragon Link level starter ability, which is nuts. I mean, just about everything. If you open up, you know, more than one Flandries monster, it's got to be almost specifically like t a lot of toucan, right? Because it's it. <laughs> uh, every single one, Robina or Eaglin, either one, um, are just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous cards. And then there's the bosses. There's Enpin. Don't know what that's based off of. Oh, Emperor Penguin. I do know what there that's based go, off of. That's and that's your big floodgate. It makes it where if your opponent is going to use attack position monsters, they can't activate effects. That means that links, y'all. Mm -hmm. And so no links for all of a sudden. And all those effects, all activated effects are negated. Plus any special summons or anything like that, like Rocket Tracer. As an example, you better not put it out here in uh, attack position if I've got my board state set. Mm -hmm. And then there is Snow, which is the other one. That's the one that flips things over, right? Mm -hmm. Flips things into face down defense. And 
I'm trying to think of the bird it's based on. Anyway. Uh, Snow Owl? Nope, too easy. Probably not that. So we're going to move on with our deck. (laughs) What this deck does so well is it sets you up over and over for your turns after. And banishing it doesn't bother it. And that is the traditional way that you get rid of a control deck is you banish all their crap. That's right, because it's always a resource game. Every single time. And from a banish pile, unless they happen to play Pot of Acquisitiveness, they probably can't get their stuff back. <laughs> and so that's what makes this deck so interesting is that it it doesn't touch the grave. The spell and trap the spell and trap cards do, but that's it. And even then, whatever. <laughs> they don't care. So it's it really is a good deck. It's tough to be everything like that. A lot of people like to use Ryza, the Mega Monarch, one of I don't even know how new it is. I didn't keep track of that. I didn't write that down. It's not a new card, or at least it's just a retrain of a really old card. And what it does is you get to go and shuffle away your opponent's stuff. So if you're normal summoning Ryza during your opponent's turn, while they have, you'll hear it DPE, Destroy Phoenix Enforcer. It's the Destiny Hero card. I still don't think it's that good, but I'll probably die uh, thinking that. The way people get rid of it, because that deck is popularized in the OCG, it's taken Dragoon's place because the monsters in the main deck are effect monsters, so at least they do something more than just sit there. I mean, Dragoon's also banned, is it not? I guess Dragoon is banned over there, yeah. So DPE took its spot, and DPE, the way that Fluandries took care of DPE, is while it's engraved, they would go normal summon Ryza, shuffle it back, and now all of a sudden it can't come back and start popping stuff again, which is pretty good. So let's get into the next little piece about this deck. There's a lot of different stuff that we need to talk about. First, it normal summons everything. It's a stun deck. It's a control stun deck. It's what it does. Mason, you got any more thoughts on that before we go into uh, how do I win? Yeah, the only other thing that they will like to include to um, to utilize that stun strategy well is the barrier statue of the storm winds. Um, hilariously, a level four or lower winged beast for some unknown reason. So, um, <clears throat> you, <laughs> they could just straight up lock you out of special summoning. So you have to be extremely careful. Uh, recognize, you know, this is a very le- legitimate card that you're probably going to have to deal with. Now, to make a point, one of the biggest decks right now is Tri Brigade, and that's also full of winged beasts, so they don't really mind. They also use barrier statues, so maybe if you're playing against them or something like that, number one, run Zombie World. It's the funniest tech to play because it ruins all their stuff, and it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it wouldn't hurt to play Zombie World in this deck because this deck doesn't care about that. They just need winged be- beasts from deck to hand and nothing goes in the graveyard, so... Well, you have to normal summon a winged beast. Oh, that would throw it off. Never mind, then. Yeah. Don't but do that. <laughs> either way, yeah. Fluandries is is very much a control stun strategy if they can help it. So I think the, the optimized version will not be, you know, an overwhelming combo that sets up just a tremendous amount of negates, but I think it'll work a little bit closer to maybe Dino or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um pure dino i should i should clarify yeah yeah so, so go how do we win how do we win uh you don't if you don't listen closely dang it word 
All right. So <laughs> uh, the first thing we wanted to make sure you were aware of deal with the normal summon. Um, a lot of decks struggle with this. So this probably isn't a new technique to deal with some uh, strategies. But with this particular one, if you have a way to um, deal with the normal summon, and more importantly, the, the effect, but if you have Solemn, they can't normal summon in the first place. You know, um, uh, Clearly, that's hoping you go first, but maybe you include uh, three copies of Solemn Judgment or couple copies of Solemn Warning as well in your side deck. Another one that I think is very funny is Pulling the Rug. What does Pulling the Rug do? Because I have no idea what that card is. Pulling the Rug was popular back when Monarchs were problems. Of course it was. It specifically handles um, it. it uh, I believe when a monster is normal summoned, it will negate the effects and destroy uh, the normal summoned monster and it's a counter trap so that it can only be responded responded to with by another counter that's dope that's cool yeah. so it's it's just very very funny and it works specifically for normal summons and mm. i don't believe you have to pay life points to use it uh so i mean life points are not always the um biggest resource in the world because uh, i mean you can still win with one life point you know but um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty funny how that works together. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna double check this. To make well, sure. I'm checking the Forbidden Limited list to make sure it's not banned. <laughs> it shouldn't that, that, be. That's a fantastic card. Nope, not banned. Double yeah, checking and, again for limited or anything. Still yeah, not. So negate... You're good. Sorry. No, my fault. It says negate the activation and effect of an effect monster whose effect activated when the monster was normal summoned, even itself, and destroy that effect monster. See, that's fantastic. That is such a good card for that. It is. It is. Now, we got some other stuff. Um, going first, not really the issue. Mason, how in the world um, do you deal with this deck if you're going second? Well, if you're going second... Um, <sighs> Gosh, if you're going second, I hope you're stocked up on some hand traps um, or spell traps, right? This deck's natural weakness is um, the fact that they don't have just a ton of ways to deal with spells and traps. Um, I will say some Fluandry's decks will try to use a, uh, a uh, Dogmatica package, but only three Nadir Servant and uh, Ecclesia. Because what that allows them to do is destroy a card on the field by sending Intus to the graveyard. So I think going second, make sure you're stocked up on hand traps, right? Especially Valor or Impermanence. Um, they don't have a great way to deal with that. Um, if you can manage two pieces of interaction um, going second uh, or honestly going first, I honestly don't think they'll be able to play well through it. You know, then then their combo ends up absolutely having to have several pieces of the Flanders deck. And past two, I don't think they can do it. Yeah. And by being a stun deck, by consequence of that, they're going to play a significant amount of background and just hope they pull one of their starters to see what they can make happen. But if you affect Baylor, their normal summoned monster, now they're just sitting there with some low attack thing in attack position 
most decks that you play today are going to be able to play through that and do so tremendously easily. Yep. I will say that what Flanderese does really well is the fact that they banish themselves when they leave the field. And when they're in the banished zone, if another Flanderese is normal summoned, they can add themselves back to hand once per copy, um, except for the big guys, which is interesting. Um, so what you end up having to do is if you can help it, I would be prepared to OTK ASAP. Yeah. Um, they, that is what makes Flanderies so difficult to deal with. Their turns one through three are nightmares to deal with. If you can get them to simplify, you will, I think, probably win. Yeah. If you can't, it's no now, guarantee. To make this a little more general, Flanderies, it's a control deck. A lot of back row, a lot of trying to control the board state so they can control resources, right? That's the case. The way to beat them is to beat them earlier than later. Otherwise, they get all their crap back or they're playing in that simplified game state. And that's what we like because oftentimes our little, like let's say 1600 attack normal summoned monsters can probably beat over theirs, mm -hmm. right? And so that being the case, be, making it, if they don't have monsters on the field, they can't do things. The entire deck cannot do things. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So if you're packing like Dark Hole or things like that, they don't have, I don't believe, inherent destruction immunity. So, no. um, but they do have extremely powerful monsters and some really strong trap cards. So I, if you are going second, if you know you're going second, of course you side in the things that you want to have. Lightning Storms, if you can afford it. Um, MSTs, Cosmics. Um, I would focus even more on that. Um, if you have Dark Holes, uh, Raigeki, any of those, I think that would um, be good. I do think, though, that let's say they've established their board, or excuse me, they are starting their turn. What are the specific cards that you want to hit as they're setting up, if you can help it? If possible, that? if they their best starter is Rubina. 100%. No questions about it. That is their best starter. If you can affect Baylor that, or let's like talk through the expensive stuff real quick. If you are willing to pay so much money for this, if you play something like Forbidden Droplet, you will kill them in the first turn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely will kill them because now you're sending stuff off. A lot of decks play in the graveyard anyway, so all of a sudden you're doing a lot of insane stuff to go in and pop off using that card. If you are not going to pay an expensive amount or anything like that, the next sort of medium low option is going to be infinite impermanence. You get to go and negate effects of a normal summon monster. Now all of a sudden they've used their normal summon. They can't really special summon anything. Like they might go link Rebo at that point because by, a fading, by negating effects, now they can special summon. So they go link Rebo and pass because they can't do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels good, you know? Um, yeah. It's hard being good at Yu-Gi-Oh. That's what it's, it's, it's tough, you know? Um, so yeah, I would pack, if you're expecting to see a lot of uh, Fluanderies at w wherever you might be playing, I would try to find uh, three copies of Effect Valor, three copies of Ash Blossom and Joy Spring, three copies of Drone Lockbird, um, three copies of uh, Infinite Impermanence. Absolutely. Um, and all of those cards are at different price points. I think the most valuable, like bang for your buck, uh, would be uh, Imperm, Valor, and Droll. 
Jorum mm-hmm. Lockbird, uh, once your opponent adds one card to hand, you can uh, discard this card to the grave. And then um, that shuts them off from adding uh, cards from deck to hand, except yeah. by drawing them. One of the most marvelous parts, I'm going to check the text on Draw and Lockbird real quick. If you can do that during both your turn and theirs, now they can't get their recursiveness during their turn. Mm-hmm. Except during the draw phase, that's the only restriction. So. And so, outrageously good card. Outrageously great recommendation by Mason. Yeah, um, I think, uh, I mean, those are the things that will help you win if you are if you did not plan on going second, I mean, those are cards personally, I would want in my main anyway. Um, they're just exceptionally strong in today's game. And so I think if, uh, if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do, you know? Yep. And we mentioned the straight up removal, dark hole, harpies, feather dusters, great MST, lightning storm, twin twisters, cosmic, any of those are fine. It ain't gotta be pretty. It's just gotta be done type of thing. Um, the less cards that they have on the field at a given time, the more advantage you will have. And if all they have are a bunch of like boss monsters in their hand or something like that, they have to tribute stuff. They can't just go and pull random crap at any point. They have to normal summon to normal summon to normal summon again and hope they can flood the field like that. Otherwise, with effect failure and things like that, you put yourself in a great position to be very successful. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I think even though a lot of these suggestions are pretty general, admittedly, um, you know, they're not particularly spicy text. They are the things that work um, that I know if if I am a Fluanderies player, I really don't want to see these cards. No so I think um, I think that is the way to go. So, I mean, if if you are. Uh, maybe a little bit older of a player and you're just getting back into this you might compare this most closely with like true draco in a way um not necessarily like the quickness of hand advantage that they get because my understanding is true draco draws a lot of cards whole lot of cards and then they just stop all the things from happening because they tributed over a continuous spell or continuous trap or whatever crap they decide to pull it's a it's it is a great control deck it also doesn't do anything. Like yeah. not not that it doesn't win a lot. It's that it do, it makes it where the game state is. You can sit there, mm-hmm. and we're like, still talking true Draco right now. Yep, yep, yeah. still talking dr- true Draco. And like at worst, it's like an early version of Mystic Mind, but it uses monsters for it instead. Yeah. So I mean, the reason we compare it to that is because of the control normal summon reliance strategy that we're kind of looking for, right? Um, you might also compare it to Monarchs. Um, Both of those would, I think, kind of work closely as far as the type of deck that you're looking at, right? So maybe you, you, let's, let's get it. (laughs) Let's get, let's get a pulling the rug buyout going. Let's, um, that would be hilarious if the cost of pulling the rug went up because we talked about, (laughs) you can't tell me that's not a good card against this deck. Um, Such a good card. Honestly, such a good card in general, like, if we've never heard of it, it probably means it's fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. Realist, like, let me look it up on TCG right now. Pulling the rug. All right, we got pulling the rug. Dear Yu-Gi-Oh, gods and goddesses, tell us in this moment. It is every bit of five dollars. 
unbelievably other people are picking up on this. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you guys, there are different versions of the card. There's a rare version, but still very much counter trap. It's still a very good card, especially when it's a normal summit thing. Many mm -hmm. decks today, things like even Medolce in a bad board state goes and normal summons something and gets effects off it using, uh, oh gosh, now I'm going to forget. Now I'm gonna, I don't remember, whatever it is. And there's a <laughs> bunch of different stuff, but there's also like a secret rare version of the card that's like 60 bucks if you want to flex. That would be a dope card to flex. But the point is, uh, cards like that, look for things that handle normal summoned effects, right? Um, those are going to be the ones that help you out the most. Um, things that flip face down are not going to be helpful, uh, like Dynamicious, or not Dynamicious, uh, UCT? No. I'm thinking the Paleozoic card. It, is it Dynamicious? Target Banish? No. Which one flips face down? Um, Canadian? Let yes, it is Canadian. I think it's Canadian. Um, so you have cards like Paleozoic Canadia. They would not make that big of a difference because it doesn't negate the effect. It just flips face down. Um, so while this would hurt a like link-based deck, that would not hurt uh, this deck. So if you see a Florandere's card, recognize that the reason people are doing things is probably not to be going into the extra deck. Yeah. Right. They, they're probably searching through their deck, finding the resources they need, and going from there. So... Man, now that I mean, we've told you all that stuff, expect that stun capability. They're going to prevent how many summons you get. They're going to prevent you from going into the extra deck. They're going to, like the dogmatic package Mason talked about earlier, that prevents use of the extra deck. That's a really powerful tool in today's game. And you have to be able to get rid of those monsters using expensive ways like Lightning Storm or not expensive ways like Dark Hole. And... By doing those things, you do a whole lot of stuff. Let's wrap it up just a little bit, Mason. Let's talk about its crippling weakness real quick is what can it absolutely just not last through at the end of the day? Uh, negating the effect of their normal summon. That's it. Mm -hmm. That is, I think, the best way to handle them um, because uh, if you can have that and even just one more piece of interaction, then they're done period yep there's there's nothing else they're going to be able to do about it um so negate the effects of the normal summon if you can yep. do that if you can just handle negating the summon at all um i think you'll put yourself in a much better position to otk on the crackback absolutely all right cool that is sort of a summation of Flaundry's. If you are playing the deck itself you want to find ways to stun your opponent you want to keep them out of their extra deck you want to go and set up some back road and see if you can go and sort of make even trades in what goes on. Trades that provide you advantage. You want to go, if you have to lose a card, then they lose two type of thing. So you want to control the board state. Yeah. If you are playing against this deck, please, please just pull some effect negation. It's what makes you a good Yu-Gi-Oh player. It's like invoke just players, draw just draw invocation. That's all you have to do to win. And that's how you know you're a good player. <laughs> so that being the case, this deck, it's not crazy, right? All these decks you'll find as you look at the board state, you look at it and you say, what makes this really good? Hmm. Right? And we want to be able to answer that, that question. 
what makes this deck very good is that it stuns you really, really well. If they can manage to pull both of the bosses, they'll go and number one, negate your effects and make you sit on it. And most monsters are not all that powerful in defense positions, so they'll just run over it next turn and just see if you can go and crack back after that. But then in addition to that, they can go and flip everything upside down and it's, it's a tough way to play against that deck. Certainly doable, just very, very tough, but it is not an unbeatable deck. So when you see somebody that has spent way too much money trying to make this deck the optimal build or whatever like that, you've got to understand that these cards, they're just cards. Mm-hmm. Okay, There's ways to beat them, even if the board state is a little tough to deal with. And oftentimes, this game's old enough, there's cheap ways to deal with those. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think that um, Fluanderies, as crazy as it can be, um, I don't think it's necessarily a, an unfair designed deck, unfairly no. designed rather. Um, I think it's exceptionally well designed, in fact, uh, to meet the power level of what things are in the meta right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they do a good job with it now. We expect in the upcoming meta, we expect things like a heavy tri brigade, bird up, whatever you want to call it at this point, tri brigade zoo, or anything like that. That's the deck you're going to see. It At the end of the day, it's some version of Zeus control. Um, I don't know. It's it's not too bad. And when you're playing against these decks, see if you are a budget player, find the unfair ways to win. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying cheat. Do not cheat against your opponent. Like, I play <laughs> Pot of Greed. <laughs> like, all kind of stuff like that. Don't, don't do anything dumb. But there's ways to beat these decks. And they're not impossible to beat in any capacity. And we will make sure you guys understand that it is very possible. We need to talk about, though, What's next on Code Break? Oh, on Code Break? What's next? Only the scourge of all the souls <laughs> of any and swords. swords. <laughs> We're talking about Sword Soul next time. <laughs> it's it's a synchro deck. We're going to talk a lot about it and see if we can help you guys understand here is what this deck is so good at and here's why we need to watch for it, how in the world are you supposed to beat it at your given meta? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for that one um, in as much as there are several resources <laughs> that have talked about <laughs> Sword Soul. I mean, it's definitely one of the more popular decks that people are looking to um, for this next format. Um, I think, man, Lyralisk is crazy. I will say, if you are looking for, uh, it's not like overly cheaper, but it's got some extremely unfair stuff. Lyralisk is dope. So, um it's the other half of the burb uh, meta, so I think I I think I strongly recommend it. Um, so we've got those and Sword Soul is, um, it's I mean, a cool it's got its own mess, and I'm excited to see what it does. Yeah, the art for it's cool. If you base your decisions about Yu-Gi-Oh just on the artwork, the art for Sword Soul, in my opinion, is super cool. Anything that's worm related because it's the spirits of those that have passed and whatever the lore is. And that's pretty neat. Um, there's also some that's Brave Token and Mason. We're going to talk about the Phantom Knights. Yeah, we are. Boys, Phantom Knights <laughs> are finally meta, kids. Uh, we've been meta for a few months. Um, you know, I remember when I was a wee lad in 2020 and um, 
just learning what these. We've cards barely are. been playing this game forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I actually am extremely excited that we get to re take a look at Phantom Knight. Um, both the iterations of what it has been, what it currently is, and what it will be once Brave Token stuff comes out, because. Uh, you'll you'll learn the longer you're in this game there's a lot of times that tcg players are not exactly original so um we steal the ocg stuff take maxi out because it's banned and we replace it with whatever unfair thing we think about exactly exactly and, and that's, that's how, how mystic mind was born <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um so i i'm excited to we'll talk through that one uh eventually and and i'll walk you guys through what um what phantom knights wants to do um at any given moment so i'm excited man we uh we're glad to be back for another season um we've got so much in store um you know that we have still have to figure out what we're going to talk about and we're we're just pumped to share all of those meandering thoughts with all of you zach man for the first time this season do you have any words for us before we check out at the end of the day remember this is a game enjoy the time with the people you're playing with if you don't enjoy the people you're around, like, and give it a couple times, right? My wife does such a good job when she tries food out, and I'll get to the point of this right here in a second. Now. See how he puts that, <laughs> just slides that flex in. <laughs> so, when I'm talking with my wife, she goes, "No, every food place we ever try, we're gonna try it three times because the first time you probably didn't know what you wanted to get, and you probably got the wrong thing. The second time, there it could have been a bad day. You don't know, and the third time, you should know what's going on, and you should know kind of what to expect when you go to that restaurant." And so that being the case, if you have never been to a locals or anything like that, just try it out. These guys, like, they need people to talk to. <laughs> like, that sounds terrible, but take the time, go and befriend these people. They probably have similar interests to you, mm -hmm. right? And let me tell you, it's so nice to get to go and focus on a card game instead of having to worry about, like, different world problems you have to, you may have to deal with, rent utilities, whatever like that. It's nice to take a few minutes not think about that and just get to play a little card game and see what happens and enjoy it have fun if you're not having fun if you are overly competitive take some time relax and just enjoy the game enjoy the people you're around because they are so much more important than being significantly good at this game yeah that's it man we will see you guys next time deuces deuces class dismissed peace <laughs>